0: That's right, Sunday is almost here and it's a big game everyone is waiting for. Spartans at Buckeyes on the basketball court. We're going to talk about that game for a little bit. And is Sunday's game prime for a top five win of the season for our Spartans? And then, yes, we hop into FanDuel Sportsbook for some best bets for the actual biggest game of the week. All jokes aside, Super Bowl 57. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, locked on Spartans listeners. Happy Friday if you're listening on the podcast. Happy super late Thursday night if you're listening on YouTube. Uh, Yes, there is no video of my face if you're watching on YouTube. I'm sparing you uh, the optics of that. I'm actually trying to make your lives a little better, but no, we're gonna try to get back on the video side as soon as possible. If you're listening on YouTube, and if you are one of the fortunate souls that just listen to this on podcasts and don't have to put up with my face, well, okay, life is already good enough for you already. Hey gang, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more, visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Oh man, uh, hey, we got another big game, and I, I feel like this goes without saying, uh, but this time of the year for not just Michigan State, but for many college basketball programs, it really feels like every game here is a must-win game, and maybe I'm over-exaggerating, and I'll call myself out for that right now. Um, yeah, no, like look, if Michigan State loses the game on the road to Ohio State, Yes, no matter how bad the season is going, okay, we're going to try our best. I I say this now. You guys got to hold me to this on Sunday night, but I say this now. It won't be the end of the world entirely. Um, This will still not be just a devastating loss as far as net ranking go, as far as quadrant losses go, because, uh, yeah, I mean, you get a lot of leeway when you lose on the road no matter who you are playing. So with that said, oh, my God, this is a game Michigan State. Should win? Depends who you're asking. Uh, They probably will go into this game as underdogs. Uh, Right now, we're recording a little bit before the gambling lines get dropped. But right now on BartTorvik.com, Michigan State is a three-point underdog going into Columbus. And that might sound confusing because Ohio State, at the time of recording, uh, I am recording late on Wednesday night, is 11-12. and So yes, they do play Northwestern on Thursday. So at best... They're 500. And my God, uh, if you're 500, okay, uh, in the middle of February, that's not good at all. And at worst, okay, obviously, if they lose to the Wildcats, they will be 10 and 12. But any way you slice it, optically, on paper, Ohio State is not a good team. But with that said, like, look, I was reading a little bit of quotes, watching some video clips um, after watching a few of their games, and. The, the players themselves this late in the season are saying, hey, we are talented and we know we are. We just haven't put it all together. And obviously, you know, you could see that coming off as just lip service, you know, like, oh, well, of course they don't have doubt in themselves just yet. Like, I mean, they, but really, they have every reason to at this point of the season. But there actually is a lot that Ohio State does well, despite losing, well, what is it, 8 of 9 games going into the Northwestern game? Or, God, it might even be 9 of 10. Yeah, it is 9 of 10 going into Thursday's game against Northwestern. Um, they still do some things pretty darn well. And it's got, it starts on the offense. The offensive efficiency is top 20 in the country. They actually take a really good job at taking care of the ball. Okay, They are the 32nd best team in the nation at turnover percentage. And here is a stat that you're not going to like hearing if you're a Michigan State fan because, oh my goodness, (sighs) a lot of bad things happen in the paint. Ohio State is one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country, which is actually fascinating considering how their team is built. We will get to that in a little bit. But just to throw some more good Buckeye stats out there, uh, from Three Point Land, they are 37.6% shooters that's top 30 in the country, and they have a top 25 block percentage. That was a lot of good stats I just read off, and it makes no sense that this Ohio State team is 11 and 12, but maybe a lot of this is stuff that you can't quantify on a box score or in stats because, well, this is definitely not in a box score, but earlier this week, uh, Ohio State had a revote for their captains. Okay. Um, I've never played college basketball. I'll out myself there. I've never been on a coaching staff. Um, So maybe I'm getting a little too ahead of my skis here. But I seem to think that when you're voting for captains again in the first week of the last month of your season, things might not be going as well as you hope they would go. And that is what we have with Ohio State. Uh, They've also lost three of their last four home games. Yikes. Uh, And that's actually a yikes with a capital Y and a capital Ikes, if you remember. that, (laughs) One of those losses was to Minnesota. Yickety yikes, actually, on that one. Minnesota? Oh my god. Uh, Me and the first four listeners of this podcast could probably be favorites against the Golden Gophers. All right, so what is going bad with Ohio State? Just away from voting for captains and all that good stuff. Well, they just don't start games that well. Uh, They have been down at halftime in each of their last four games going into the Northwestern game, and they're playing behind the eight ball a lot. And this is something that Michigan State fans are no stranger to. You know, first four minutes of the game, Michigan State doesn't really necessarily start hot unless they're playing the Terrapins at home like they just did on Tuesday. But Ohio State does that and they magnify it more than just a bad four-minute stretch. Um, They play a lot of small ball as well and that's not necessarily a bad thing for Ohio State but it might be bad for this matchup for the Buckeyes and great for our Spartans. Gang, finally, um, oh man, we have another game. Where there's no real strong big man for Ohio State, and let me knock on wood as I say that, uh, it has been proven time and time again that if you just have an average big man, you're going to see outstanding things from him on that night when he goes against the Spartans. But really, Ohio State just isn't really built with a strong big man or a big man that they really work their game through. Yes, they have Zed Key, who's a starter. Okay, he's six foot eight. Um, physical, everything that you want in a somewhat undersized big man. But behind him, uh, they have Felix Akpara. I really hope I'm saying that name right. Felix Akpara. Yeah, that's probably a better shot at that. Uh, six foot eleven. Okay, he's a freshman, but plays 12 minutes a game. Doesn't really light up the box score at all. And really, when he's out there on the court, it, it just looks like a freshman. That's a little raw in his game, but you know, physically has all the traits there. Geez, does that remind you of anyone on um, our team over here in East Lansing? But I digress. That's who Ohio State has to deal with. So, no, the front court isn't anything sensational, and that is just fantastic to hear for us State fans. Uh, now, with that said, you know, Ohio State does have some good players here, and there is one player we're going to highlight, and you already know who it is if you've watched any Buckeye basketball. It is Bryce Sensabaugh. That's right, Bryce Sensabaugh. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, Ohio State has a strong player in Justice Suing. He's been playing the college game for five years now. And, yeah, he's a strong player himself. But Bryce Sensabaugh is the straw that stirs the drink over in Columbus. Takes 13 shots a game. Five of those shots are from three-point land. And he hits the lawn ball, oh, my God, at 46.6%. Oh yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. So yeah, and this wasn't even like a five-star freshman, right? Like, yeah, you kind of expect that uh, if he's a McDonald's All-American, but no, he was just inside the top 70 and just having a really incredible year. Uh, You know, kind of like how Malachi Branham did for Ohio State last year. However, I I just pause to say he's that good as Malachi Branham, you know, a guy that was a, what was he, a top 20, top 25 pick in the NBA draft, but... Yeah, he's getting it done for Ohio State or as much as you can get it done for a team that's lost 9 of 10. I guess getting it done is a bad phrase to use. He's doing the most work possible of this team, so I imagine that Michigan State will pair him up with a steady dose of you know, Jaden Akins, who's been a strong defender on the wing all year. Hopefully, he can hold him from slashing to the lane. And AJ Hogard, K, okay, obviously physically matches up to the six foot six Bryce Sensabaugh, um, Malik Hall. I'm sure we'll get a few spins at him and. Look, we've seen it time and time again this season that if it's a bigger guy, Tyson Walker can match up against him as well, even giving up six inches. That's how good of a defender Tyson Walker can be. So that's uh, what you got right there for the matchup. That's going to be number one key to the game is just limit what Bryce Ensebaugh can do. Key number two has got to be try to be i mean it's asking a lot to be on the winning side of a front court matchup but at least try to be as close to neutral as possible and then yeah like ohio state doesn't really have any outstanding guards necessarily so if you could win that matchup as well of course you always want to win it it goes without saying but man like ohio state just really lacks in guard play so this could be a good game for hogard and walker to both feast at the same time They kind of both had really good games against Maryland. Hogard was eh, you know, on offense, but really strong. Okay, dishing out assists and rebounds. And Tyson Walker really found his stride as well. Let's see if we can do this in another road game coming up this season for Michigan State's potential third Big Ten road win of the season. Would it be a top five win for our Michigan State Spartans? We're going to ponder that in a hot second, but first need to talk your ear off about FanDuel. That is right. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they are the number one sports book in America. Yes, FanDuel gang. And if you are new to FanDuel, well, I got good news for you, Buckaroo. That is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You will get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. We're going to get to all this later in the third segment. But, hey, got to let you know this too. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid with your winnings instantly from Mr. FanDuel. That's right. You are not just hanging around for days at a time waiting for your hard-earned cash to come to your wallet. No, 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 no. FanDuel pays you quick. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash lockdown to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, Buckeyes, Spartans, Sunday, that's right, the undercard game to the waste management Phoenix Open and then later on the Super Bowl, but this, this could be the big game. But will it be a top five win for our Spartans this season? That, that is a debate that is worth having, I think. Because, uh, well, two reasons. One, we could really use a big win. And uh, number two, th- th- there aren't a lot of like stellar candidates anymore, unfortunately. right? I got a few written down in front of me. Um, obviously, you have to have the two road Big Ten wins that Michigan State does have under their belt. The Wisconsin game. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, yes, I know Tyler Wall wasn't playing, but that's not our problem. That seems like a Wisconsin problem. That's going to bode well for the net ranking once uh, Selection Sunday comes. And then Penn State as well. Oh, boy, who has seen their bubble? Up by the day, unfortunately, that could have been a nice win against Wisconsin on Wednesday night, but mm-mm, the Badgers got it done in overtime. So beyond that, I mean, we got to go all the way back to the PK-85 for some good candidates for top five wins of the season. Um, if you were one of the sick people up at 3.30 in the morning watching uh, an injured Injury-plagued Michigan State play and somehow against all odds. Even more injury-plagued uh, Oregon team. Yes, that's going to make the list as well for nominees. The Portland game is going to be on the list as well. Kentucky, yes, even though that yeah, they want to be in the bubble this season apparently. And then just throw it on. Home, Michigan, and then the home win against Rutgers. So, the number five win of this season, I have to say, is that Portland game. It it, it is, and that's not something I thought I would have said before the season. That goes without saying, heck, you know what? When when the win happened, I don't even think in the moment I would have told you, yeah, hey, that's a top five win of the season. We will definitely be saying that in early to mid-February, but look at where the team is now. Okay, we're not exactly on the bubble, but we are a step away from being right there, and if you don't win that game against Portland, that could have you on the bubble. Look, there are some games on here that are great wins that has you as a reason that you're, you know, maybe safe. But I look at that game almost as if, like, okay, that that would have been absolutely dangerous. You could not have lost that game. But despite giving up, what was it, nine points in the last 55 seconds of the game? Okay, they won that one. So we'll give the Portland the number five award for our top five wins of the season so far. Number four, I'm going to have to go with. That's right. God dang it, Kentucky. What What? What was that? Why? Like, at, at the moment, in the moment, of course, we all saw it. That, oh, this is going to be a top two win of the season. Unless we have an incredible year coming up. But, uh-oh. Oh no, Kentucky actually kind of sort of really sucks this year, um, at least for their standards. It, it, you know, not even just Kentucky standards, any standards of any team that returns the national player of the year, has a top five recruiting class, and also transfers that can fill every hole that they have in the offseason. It is bewildering how bad Kentucky is, but yeah, we thought this win would go a lot further. And it's interesting too, because there's a the conversation that pops up time and time again you know, amongst fans. and. Every fan has their own different opinion on this topic, but Izzo scheduled a really, really, really hard non-conference. You know the anywhere, any place, anytime mantra that I you know may have screwed up there some form of anys. Anyway, um, if Michigan State does not get in the Champions Classic, like if they don't schedule those sort of games, and if they don't get the win against Kentucky, that's another one that hey maybe if they don't get that game. They might be on the bubble. Like, let's say, for example, they don't play in the Champions Classic and they play Lake Superior State or I, I, here or Eastern Michigan, for example, and they beat them instead of Kentucky. That 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 might be a, a hole in your win column in your net quad one rankings that okay, you don't have, and maybe that's what's going to have you on the bubble. So. Yes, Kentucky, we thought it would be a really, really, really good win, but now it's just like a good win. So, yeah, thanks for nothing, John Calipari. Uh, The number three win of the season so far, I'm going to have to go with that. uh, I'm sorry, the the Penn State game. And it's going to, yeah, I kind of just gave it away there saying Wisconsin at first. But, yeah, it's going to flip-flop between the Wisconsin game and the Penn State game depending on who gets the upper hand in the net rankings. Uh, look, obviously, both these teams are thought of way lower than they were when uh, Michigan State played them. God, that, that, we just got done talking about that with Kentucky. But, yes, Penn State, when Michigan State beat them at Happy Valley, uh, they were known as a bubble team. Pretty squarely on the bubble, not so much anymore. Wisconsin was even higher up on that standing. They were a top 25 team, if you remember Michigan State beating them when they visited Kohl Center. That's clearly not the case, but two strong road wins. I will see where it shakes out at the end of the year, if they're going to be quad one or not. But at the end of our top five countdown, I think the number one win so far this season is the home game against Rutgers. Because, uh, according to the net, right now, that that is a quad one win. And, uh, yeah, you could use any of those that you can get. And that was another one, too, if you lost that game that you're starting to feel not so hot about the season the rest of the way. So that was a, a gut-check game, if you will, even though you know there's been many gut-check performances ever since, and some of them haven't gone too well. But that was sandwiched between the Purdue game at home and the Indiana game on the road. If they've lost that game, that would be four straight losses in a row. But like I said, it's a home game against a quad one team. So anytime you can get a quad one home win, Yeah, you absolutely take that because there aren't too many opportunities left on the schedule for those. As a matter of fact, for home games, there's only one that you have left that will be counted as a quad one win. Again, those are games, I believe, against number 1 through 30 teams ranked at home. And that's going to be the Indiana game. So, will this game against Ohio State be qualified as a top 5 win for our Spartans this season? I think so, but unfortunately, there's not really a a sound ranking that you can put on it. It's going to be in that tied for 2nd and 3rd place mumbo-jumbo with Wisconsin and Penn State. Just shoehorned right in the middle of those. I, I don't think it'll be as good as at home. Rutgers win... Because also, too, at the end of the day, this is not going to be a NCAA tournament team that you're beating on Sunday. But any any road win in conference play is a good road win. So, yeah, just keep on building. Let's try to get, what was that, a, a win streak? Something that Michigan State hasn't done since, oh, God, January 10th when they beat Michigan and then Wisconsin on the road. Yes, it's been that long since Michigan State has won back-to-back games. But let's see if we can get it done on Sunday. All right, let's start talking about the Super Bowl coming up here. We're going to get some bets out there. But before that, a hey, shout-out to former Spartan Josiah Scott, looking to be the 30th former Spartan to win a Super Bowl. He is a cornerback with the Eagles. He was uh, not playing uh, in the NFC Championship game two Sundays ago, but we'll see if he's going to be on the dress list coming up here. He's played in 16 games This year started in four, nabbed a couple of interceptions, so it wouldn't be out of question to see him suit up this Sunday. And, hey, should Josiah Scott's Eagles win on Sunday? This would be three years in a row with a former Spartan winning a Super Bowl ring. uh, Last year with the Rams, Brian Allen, and then the year before that, William Golston with the Bucks. So, yes, trying to be the 30th former Spartan overall and third in a row to win now if you would mosey on over to fan dual sportsbook which if you haven't by now what are you waiting for this game is going to be here before you know it let's talk about five best bets for this game coming up and we got some ranging from you know very easy odds uh, so to speak you know but by no means a guarantee i can't guarantee these wins i God, that'd be a legal nightmare if i did that but no here are some bets that i don't necessarily hate and, of course, you could stack these up in a parlay altogether as well. You know, the same game parlay. Dynamic betting option for FanDuel. So the first one, let's just look at something basic. You know, just uh, something to wet the whistle. FanDuel right now has Travis Kelsey 25-plus receiving yards in each half at minus 145. So, bet, $145, profit $100. That's the way to read that. But, yeah, Travis Kelsey, uh, definitely the most dynamic receiving threat on the Chiefs. I I don't think you have to watch more than two quarters of football to understand that about Kansas City. And Pat Mahomes uh, understands it too. Would you look at that? The best quarterback in the league also understands who his best receiving threat is. Uh, I also think the middle of the field for the Eagles is going to be susceptible to getting some yards racked upon it, if you will. So yes, Travis Kelsey plus 25 receiving yards in each half. At minus 145 is how we're going to kick things off. That's all right. Just just something to wet the whistle. Now, as we can move up in the odds, this one is a plus 120 bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Will either team attempt a fourth down? I'm sorry. Will either team convert a fourth down in their own territory? Yes is plus 120. Football's get more aggressive, especially in the NFL, especially when one of these coaches is Andy Reid. And Nick Sirianni, for the Eagles as well, is not one to stray away from getting a little aggressive when the time calls for it. And I can't think of a better time for aggression to be there than, well, the, the effing Super Bowl, for crying out loud. So, look, I could easily... I, I'm i going to be honest. I, I, I don't have a lean as to who's going to win this game. Right now, the Eagles are minus one-and-a-half-point favorites. This is not one of my five best bets, because I really don't have a read. But what I do have a read on is that I could see either team being up two possessions going into that fourth quarter. Like, that's so much variance that there could be this game. And when that happens, all right, if it's a fourth and two at, you know, your own 38-yard line with eight minutes to go, you have one timeout, okay, yeah, that might call for going for it. And both these teams obviously have a strong enough offense to pick up the fourth down. So for FanDuel Sportsbook... Yes, plus one twenty. on will either team attempt a fourth down and convert it in their own territory? Yeah, we're gonna ride with that uh, position to score the first touchdown. We're gonna go back to our Travis Kelsey. Well, tight end is plus three ten. So that's right. If you bet ten dollars, you're gonna profit thirty one dollars on top of that. If you bet a hundred, you're gonna profit three hundred and ten dollars. That's what that means. Uh, right now. Running back has the best odds of being the first touchdown scoring position, wide receiver is second, and yes, well, there's only two tight end threats in this game to score a touchdown, they are both strong threats, Travis Kelsey we just talked about, but also Dallas Goddard, one of the most underrated tight ends in the NFL, already has a postseason touchdown, I believe, and He's going to be a high-target guy, I think, this game. And that could be right off the bat. So plus 310 for position to score the first touchdown. Throw that on the tight ends. Why not? Uh, Pat Mahomes for amount of scoring, or sorry, amount of passing touchdowns. Yes, you could bet on the amount of passing touchdowns Pat Mahomes has down to the exact number. And I'm going to go with 3 at plus 360. Those are the third-highest odds. The highest odds right now are two touchdowns, which is what he has in each of his first two playoff games so far this season. And then uh, one touchdown pass is actually higher odds than three passing touchdowns. But uh, it's Pat Mahomes' time to shine. Last time he was at the big one. Uh, It did not go well as he was playing with just one lineman and then four Boy Scouts, essentially. Uh, he was running for his life the entire game against the Bucks. but I don't think that game has left his memory, and I think he wants to stunt and not just win the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl MVP for his team, and that's going to take eh, three touchdowns to make that a safe bet. But with that said, I also like protecting my investments and gang. I have a 50-to-1 bet for you that I'm going to sprinkle a few shekels on at FanDuel.com. That's right, 50-to-1. 1. Bet $1, you profit 50 if this hits, and we are talking Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, the quarterbacks are going to be the two favorites here, because, well, more times than not, the quarterback of the winning team is the guy who wins MVP. And no, it's not always the case. Like last year, Cooper Cup won MVP of the Super Bowl. But we're going to go to a position that has not won the Super Bowl MVP in just about two decades. And this isn't an even a running back that's going to get a lion's share of the carries. We are talking, drumroll, Isaiah Pacheco. That's right. And no, not just because he's a Rutgers guy and we're going all Big Ten country in here. No, 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 Isaiah Pacheco at 50-1 for Super Bowl MVP. Do I think he's going to win in the bottom of my heart? no. But I can see it happening, and that's why it might be worth a bet at 50-1 to for Isaiah Pacheco, MVP honors, the Kansas City Chiefs running back, who has split carries with Jerick McKinnon, but has been eating into those carries a little more late into the season, and especially postseason. He's actually the leading rusher in the last two games for the Chiefs. And I gotta say, when you watch this kid, when you watch Isaiah Pacheco, it looks like Someone tells him before the snap, hey, if you don't get at least 8 yards on this rush, we're going to burn your house down, actually. If you don't get at least 10 yards on this rush, we're going to chop your legs off. He runs like his life depends on it. And Kansas City is starting to realize that as well. He runs like a madman. He can also receive the ball out of the backfield. Just got five passes the other week against Cincinnati. He is... The real deal, Isaiah Pacheco, if you don't want to do a quarterback, if you want something with long odds, look, there is no good bet necessarily. That's a long odds bet. But of months, the ones that are hard to hit, Isaiah Pacheco, 50-1. to Because, look, if he runs for two touchdowns, if he catches a touchdown and runs for another, if he just racks up two touchdowns, maybe even three, that's going to put him in the conversation. So, hey, dream with me. That's right. Close your eyes. Hold hands with me over this microphone and just imagine Isaiah Pacheco a 28-yard run touchdown, a 32-yard run touchdown, and then 79 receiving yards on top of that. You know, two interceptions from Mahomes. Yeah, just just let's just speak it into existence. No matter what you do, guys, just have a good weekend coming up. Uh, Even you know if if this basketball game doesn't go well on Sunday, God, I hope it does. Let's just have a good weekend because you guys deserve it. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for listening every single day of the week. We will be back hitting it hard next week. You guys are the best. Love you all. Go Green.